So uh, he's Christian. That's Jimmer. Here we go. This is my uh, my Jersey, my Jersey accent. I'm gonna go with it. Welcome back to two physical therapists and a bag of chips. We got a bag of chips over here. Today we're going to review the Sabritas Recita Crujiente chilies, rojas, potato chips, compliments of Kim. Why is it when you speak in Spanish that you go up two octaves? I don't know. Just curious. It's probably how I learned it when I read really? it in Spanish were... one three times. <laughs> like really small. I never had Spanish, and I feel awful. I need to. I need to learn at least some medical Spanish. I think. Spanish medicas. Spans. Oh, that's right. Spans. Spans. But before we do that, we're going to discuss knee capsular corner injuries, specifically posterior lateral, and a little bit of posterior medial corner injury. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Like half an inch or? Uh, probably, there's not as much information available for it. So I gotcha. We're going to talk predominantly over the posterior lateral corner. Probably because that's more prevalent. Much more prevalent. prevalent. It's also known as the PLC. Ooh, the posterior lateral corner. Mm -hmm. Is it posterior or posterior? It's I've got posterior. When I talk into my water your, bottle, your there's jug. a little echo. Yes, it's very bassy. It's kind of like you're going to play the old jug. Yeah. The moonshine jug. Oh, nice. That's good. Well, the posterior lateral corner functions to resist varus rotation, external tibial rotation, and posterior, posterior tibial translation. Easy for you to say, apparently. I struggle with that. It is the primary stabilizer of external tibial rotation at all knee flexion angles. Bada bang. So it does kind of a lot, actually. We don't talk about it very much. Nobody classifies it in the big knee injury category with, say, like ACLs and uh, PCLs and meniscus injuries and that kind of stuff. So it is very important. And the main thing it provides for individuals is stability. So when you tear your ACL, instability is a, is a big concern. And when you tear your posterior lateral corner, instability is also a big problem. It's often missed because we're not really looking for it in a lot of cases. How would one look for it? Christian? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. But Jumping the gun here. We'll jump ahead. So there's, there's various testing options for it. Uh, one of the main ones is going to be just varus testing of the knee. So this is standard ligament testing. So you would look for LCL stability as well as PCL stability. And if those are both lax, then you can make the presumption in a lot of cases that the posterior lateral corner has some issues associated with it. You can also do a rotational test with it by checking external rotation recrovatum, which is a PCL issue as well there. And then there's very specific testing called the dial test, which is specifically called a posterior lateral rotation test, which you do at 30 degrees and 90 degrees. And this will determine the presence of an isolated PLC or PLC shas PCL combined injury. The dial test will definitely show a picture of this week. The patient is prone. You stabilize the femur with the lower limb externally rotated. The test is performed bilaterally at 30 degrees and 90 degrees of knee flexion. 10 degrees or more of external rotation is a positive test and indicative of a PLC injury. That's 10 degrees or more of 
additional external rotation versus the uninvolved side. Gotcha. So that's pretty specific. Does it have to be painful or can it just be hypermobile? I think it can just, just be hypermobile depending on the time of injury related to, but that's a great question and we'll have to probably figure that out a little bit more specifically. Uh, mechanism of injury is always a big giveaway. A direct blow into the posterior lateral direction uh, or with a flexed knee can often cause a PLC injury. A hyperextension injury, both contact and non-contact, can certainly uh, rupture or ruin some of the integrity of that area. Uh, extension, uh, specifically hyperextension with external rotation, twisting, which is kind of a more of a non-contacty type maneuver. High energy trauma, a direct blow being similar, but high energy trauma would be like landing from a great height. And then a knee dislocation, which obviously that's yeah. there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I think the posterior lateral corner would be the least of your concerns there. Yeah. The biggest one is bleeding out. You yeah. want to make sure that popliteal artery is not uh, severed in any way, shape, or form. I'd go there first. Yeah. That's, that's numero uno. Uh, I think we've only seen two mosh pit related. One mosh pit related knee dislocation. Yeah, it wasn't the true mosh pit. There was definitely dancing involved if, if, you're, if we're talking about the same I one. think we're talking about the same one. Yeah, thing. yeah. And it, it was a massive dislocation, yeah. That was with years. But she made a full recovery. There you go. There you go, yeah. You go. I, I never tested her posterior lateral corner, though. Well, I don't think that came up. Uh, incidents of posterior lateral corner. The best I could do was a 2018 look at the NFL Combine. They tested 2,285 players. All of that group, 22 had PLC injuries either reported or found during the assessment. Uh, 13 of those were considered stable. Uh, 16 of them had had surgical treatment on them. As, as in ACL reconstruction or as in specific PLC repairs? So specific to the PLC. Huh. What, what, does that, what does that look like? Well, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's several types of surgery out there. There's not one standard at this point still. Okay. So again, uh, I don't know if I've seen a specific PLC reconstruction knee or repair there's two there's a repair and a reconstruction which is also interesting yeah i haven't either but i have i have currently a patient and i've had previous patients over the years that had an acl injury um and persistent medial knee burning which which uh, in my opinion was a posterolateral corner insufficiency which which can then also lead to fibular head hypermobility, which could lead to peroneal nerve irritability or, For sure. or um, saphenous nerve. So by, by taping that and working on rotational control, um, the numbness and the pain went away. Uh, but I don't know, if I, didn't, I never tested it. It would be interesting to test it. To go, mm. back, go back and look now. It's definitely possible. And so, I mean, symptoms of this, tenderness and ecchymosis around the posterior lateral portion of the knee, limb and gait assessment, someone will have a standing varus, uh, which means that their knee is more uh, 
Bode. It's kind of like, like Pierre Lebarsky. Exactly, like Pierre Lebarsky. Uh, or there's varus with hyperextension during the stance phase of gait. So the knee kind of is moving into it. When you're listening and, and you, you're going to answer the, the trivia question later on, you can get a bonus point of view. You can tell us who Pierre Lebarsky is and, and why he is so relevant. <laughs> um, I mean, I think this is probably what we're looking at when we talk about John Grant Jr., honestly, and his movements when he plays. Yeah, I think his is not just limited to PLC, right? No, but he I is think it so, certainly contributes. In yeah, that. he is so hypermobile that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that could also be if you have that much damage, the, your complete congruency of the joint is gone. So there's nothing there like that bounce home mechanism. There's no stability anywhere. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, instability is obviously one of the hallmark symptoms of this. I mean, tenderness and ecchymosis occur often if you hurt your knee. I mean, that's just Yeah, especially if it's in the posterior. It, it could be plantaris, it could be popliteal, it could be... It could be hamstring, yeah. it could be calf. I mean, it could yeah. be posterior meniscus, it could be all kinds of stuff. Tons of stuff, yep. I mean, the association with ACL and PCL injuries, it's actually higher with a PCL injury that you'll get this uh, PLC instability. So it'd be interesting to see if you if you see it more with hyperextension ACLs mm-hmm. versus like the classic valgus ACL yeah, injury. Yeah, I mean you prob you probably would. We would based think so, on the yeah. mechanism of hyperextension. Yep, absolutely. Um, the anatomy of the lateral compartment is also inherently unstable because it has a convex structure as opposed to a concave structure. So that leads again to just general instability of that location, and if you start to reduce that, then obviously more instability would occur. Um, It is structured in such a way because it moves. uh, It tends to have a screw home technique as well, so it will lock out into a position and that convexity there helps it perform that. Screw home, I always call it bounce home. Is it screw home? That's what we learn here. I think you can use either or. So, either way, it's the last little bit of extension in the knee. Yeah, I'm trying to think what it is in Dutch. So this complex was also previously known as the arcuate ligament complex. Now it is predominantly referred to in its individual structures. So the lateral collateral ligament, the popliteus tendon complex, the popliofibular ligament, and the posterior lateral capsule. There you have it. So that all together is the posterior lateral corner of the knee. Pretty sure I say popliteus. Yeah, you can I mean... The expression is, is up to anyone, really. Is it really, though? Yeah, as long Fre- as we know you're close. Fre- freedom of speech? Kind of. Popliteus? Popliteus well, because you, like you have British, and then you have, like, American, and, yeah. they, and they make Latin. different, different, you know. Popliteus. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I learned it. Yeah, I think that would be good. Uh, in any event, the testing we've kind of already talked about, but laxity is, again, what you're looking for. Uh, specifically with like a posterior lateral drawer test, which is going to take into account that that PCL and then the PLC as well with that little thing, which is something we're more commonly aware of. And then the reverse pivot shift, which I've actually never heard of before until I was doing research on this particular uh, group. So you go into flexion and... Yeah. And valgus stress instead of. Extension. So you watch to see for uh, basically an anterior or a posterior translation as opposed to an anterior translation huh. of the of the movement. Yeah. That's cool. So 
I actually uh, learned something this morning. Again, <laughs> again, the uh, the data is 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 very young, so there's a lot still happening out there in terms of figuring it out. Obviously, these injuries are not common. We don't talk about them very often, but they do help explain why one person can have an ACL tear and be relatively stable, and why another individual can have an ACL tear and be relatively unstable. Yeah, you know, we're talking physically, not mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- physical yeah. stability of the joint. And so you can reconstruct the ACL or the PCL or, or you know, whatever else you're working on in the knee and not address this this PL, this PCL or PLC and run into some long-term instability associated with that. That's fascinating. Um, cool I, stuff, Christian. Yeah. So that's... Uh, I mean, there's, there's a classification system which isn't specific to it, but less than three weeks is considered acute. Three to, or four to six weeks is considered the repair window, which is where they like to go in and, and address it. And then greater than six weeks is already considered a chronic injury, hmm. which is kind of a weird time frame because chronic is usually three months or more, not six weeks, but... That's what yeah, we're... maybe it just pertains to, to the level of tissue healing more so than... Potentially. Injury levels 0 to 5 millimeters of varus instability is grade 1, 6 to 10 is 2, and greater than 10 or a complete disruption is 3. The problem with this is that the varus testing is not specific to rotation, and so you lose some value in that classification system. You certainly will use this to assess the LCL, and if that's functioning or not and so it's kind of a combined PCL LCL standard testing with the dial test and then the reverse pivot shift and the posterior lateral drawer as well applied so pretty complex yeah definitely different than what we're used to looking for wouldn't wouldn't be my first go-to but it's definitely something to keep in mind right if you if you have a patient that continues to struggle with uh, with loss of stability Absolutely. or with apprehension in certain movements. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the data on isolated posterior lateral corners is not high. Um, and so surgery, generally speaking, will be done in most cases because they're found in conjunction with an ACL or a PCL or a meniscus or an LCL or some other high trauma knee ligament injury. Interesting to talk to orthopedic surgeons about to what extent they consistently examine the posterior corner when they go in there. Absolutely. And then uh, there's a repair and there's also a reconstruction. Uh, we're not going to go into that today, but just so you know, there's still debate on what the best procedure is. I'm not in a position to really give a useful opinion on that. Good stuff. Yeah. Trivia time. Ooh. This week's trivia, what is the best-selling board game of all time? I think people were were, uh, were thrown off by the term board game, huh? I think they were a little bit. Yeah. We got Monopoly uh, seven times. We had seven guesses for Monopoly yeah, this week. that wasn't it. I had Scrabble, which was also wrong. We had one for Checkers and one for Parcheesi, and we had one for the correct answer, which was Chess. Chess. And everyone hears chess and goes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. duh. Yes, of course. But that's not a board game. It's a game for intellectual people. Uh, you play on a board. Uh, damn, I guess. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, didn't Just see that board. one coming. No, that was a good one. So well done, Adam. You got you got it correct. We love the guesses. Jen Courtney Landon, Dr. Mike Pasco, Grant, Tony Crea, Pippa. Keep Larry, them coming. Larry That's with awesome. Checkers and Paul B. Cat with the old part cheesy. And and remember that this uh, this week it's a two for one. It is two for one. We've already had the earlier Pierre Labarsky reference, but now to the official trivia question. How fast would Santa's sleigh have to travel to deliver presents to all the children in the world? So when, when Christian asked me this, I, I asked for a little bit more information. So considering all the time zones, 31 hours he would have to deliver all the presents to all the children on, I guess we're saying Christmas Eve? Yeah, so, the, well, Christmas, I mean, the Christmas Day. And it would not just be time. the sled, it would be... The, the reindeer, the, reindeer, the, the presents, everything. The whole thing. It's what speed move. does it have to go mm-hmm. uh, for 31 hours? Does it refuel? Does it? It's not really important, I guess. Okay. You know, it's, it's merely... Yeah, it is. I mean, the reindeer... It's got to go into my calculations. I think they run on Christmas cheer, I believe, if it's we a, all know that a, correct, correctly. It's a Pythagorean. Pythagoras. Pythagoras. Uh, so there's around 700 million children in the world that celebrate Christmas. And the world is 40,000 kilometers around in circumference. It's possible. Uh, we'll accept answers in miles per hour or kilometers per hour, whichever is preferred. Yeah. Yep. Have at it. Chip time! This week's chip, Sabritas Lusata. Bratulis. Chilis Rojas. Brought to us by the Invincible Chem. Chem, yeah. you rule. Yes, chipped air ratio, a little low, about 35%. Sabritas has the same logo as Lay's, so uh, we're assuming it's the PepsiCo Lay's product for the, uh, it smells, the, South, um, the South American market, Central American. It smells good. They're from Mexico, is what we know. It smells like, uh, yeah. like uh, Indonesian food. The chips have a... Uh, they're potato chips, but they do have a very distinct color to them. Yeah, kind of a reddish. Um, I would assume red because the Rojas, Chili's Rojas. Spicy. All right. Yeah. Game on. They're uh, not like kettle. Oh, better chip consistency than I expected. Yeah. They're crunchy. Yeah. A little lemony. Yeah. At first. There's a lemon in there. There's a tomato on the bag. Yeah. Um, Sabor chili. It's it has a little bit of underlying heat, but it's not like blowing your face kind of. No, this is uncomfortable. Hmm. I like these a lot. See, why can't we use lemon instead of vinegar um, to offset to offset the heat? It's a good question. I mean. The reason only grabbed a few, so I'm going to toss out a couple more. I found out this week the reason that they use vinegar and hot sauce and chips that have heat is to preserve the heat. You should be able to use lemon if it's an acid. That's maybe, oh, why, that's maybe why you see like pineapple a lot and other citrus. This is not s- s- caliente or sabor or spicy at all. This is yummy. No, it's good. It's definitely not as hot as the... Uh, uh, horseradish chips from last week. No. The chip yeah, so consistency is much better than yeah. that. Liz, whatever you're doing there, you should do that here. This is much more enjoyable. Super crunchy. This feels like a good chip. 
just a hint of lemon, nothing overpowering, but every now and again you get a little bit more heat. Because we, we got red pepper, tomato. Why is there why is there such a limey flavor? Well, if I knew Spanish, I could explain that to you because it's probably on here, but I it has um, yeah. tatracina, which I'm assuming is um, oh here, acido citrico, citric acid. Citric acid, interesting. It's uh, I love these. They're good. Yeah, they're really good. Thank you, Kim. You go first. I'm gonna. I know what I'm, I'm, gonna do. I'm only giving it a one, actually. Really? Yeah. The flavor was not. I'm. I'm not in love with it. I think it's. It's. It's good. It's not. It's not great. It's not independently thumbs up worthy. And these are going home. The with chips me. though are are really a lot better than I anticipated. So that that's nice. Nice job, Sabritas. I'm gonna give them two thumbs. I don't know what recita crujientes means, but someday, someday I'll learn. Crujiente. I think it's a ch. Crujiente. Crujiente. Is that how you pronounce it? Sure. It's not good for me. Yeah. Where are you going with this one? Two thumbs. I love oh, it. Oh, two. I two. almost went three, but um, it, it, there, there's a couple that we had this year that were definite threes. This is a, I would almost go two and a half. Not quite there yet. All right, guys. Next week, we're going to cover piriformis syndrome. I'm kind of surprised we haven't done that yet, actually. Yeah, no, we could talk about... Well, we know why we haven't done it, because it's it's a bogus diagnosis. Oh, that's a good good point. It's a syndrome. But we also... I don't know. It's common enough that you think we would have just had somebody request it at some point. We'll probably spend three episodes talking about it. We could. Depending on what mood I'm in, because if I get going... I could fill three hours on piriformis. <laughs> We're going to review the Yaokin Mr. Cabbage Taro sauce flavor. <laughs> These are all hypothetically correct names because the <laughs> writing is all in Japanese. Uh, we have to thank Mr. Steve-O for that one. Thanks, Steve-O. Uh, so these will be this will be exciting. Yeah. If for nothing else, tune in for the chip review next week. <laughs> they look like puffballs. Yep. With seaweed. If you liked today's episode, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you want more information on this topic, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We will definitely be posting things related to the dial test and other assessments for the posterior lateral corner. If you want more information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Gemma, I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.